0: You're listening to the Friends Stalking Nerdy Podcast Network. balmy day here in portland maine welcome to another episode of Friends stalking nerdy this is tim the nerd joining you for another wonderful episode and joining me across the table here as always Your holiness the reverend tracy how you doing
1: um i'm doing pretty well it's uh it's been interesting times with the news and stuff i know i've been distracted by some certain news stories which is you know, if you read the title of our episodes, I don't think it's any surprise that I'm I'm talking about the shot heard round the world made by a six-year-old, and that's definitely kind of like overcast anything that I thought about like chatting about at the front end of the show, because mm-hmm. normally we try to pick something that's like going on, but this has been kind of like the thing I have been reading about this week, like other than some other stuff that... We might talk about on the next episode, but not going to go into it today on the personal realm of things. But yeah, like uh, it's been on up first, it's been all over the place, and I guess like other than that. I guess the one lighthearted thing I can start the show off with (laughs) is I have the world's largest bottle of water in front of me because I have been really terrible, 64 ounces, Mm. I've been really terrible at getting in a water goal and anybody who's ever gestated a child in their body knows that that is something you're supposed to do. So (laughs) I've got my big old jug of water, I got my small cup of decaf coffee because I'm trying to be better about that too, and overall just... You know, about to hit the whole, like, third trimester, that the light at the end of the tunnel of the pregnancy, <laughs> and trying to make sure I quickly start doing everything right um, as this child rapidly grows. You did uh, have your
0: body back again, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, gosh, like... It's already started with like some of the low back pain and, and stuff like that, and I already have like a, a fucked up back, hmm. so I know it's just exacerbating things that were already there.
0: Thanks, Ethan. Um,
1: thanks, thanks, baby, <laughs> Reverend. But uh, no, it's it's not his fault. But he seems to be doing just fine. And then next week, I think by the time we actually record, I'll get to drink the nastiest drink I'll probably ever have to drink in my life as they test for gestational diabetes.
0: For loco? No. No, no. It's
1: just like this super sugary orange flavored drink. And it's so funny because they straight told me, it's like some people really like it and some people really don't. And considering how clean of a diet that I have and I don't do a lot of sugar, Mm -hmm. I'm mostly anticipating I'm going to find it gross. So (laughs) I'm super looking forward to that as they continue through this journey. But at least, like, beyond that, I should be kind of done with some of the tests and stuff. Like, that should be the last thing, really, other than, like, just monitoring like how we're doing and things like And showing
0: like that. up on the final day.
1: You know? Oh, yeah, showing up when things start to hurt and there's a big splash. <laughs> like, at least that part's obvious. Like when you go to the doctor, it's like, oh, then that's when I go? Okay. But it was kind of cool to learn, I guess. Like um, he's starting to like open and close his eyes now. And my friends keep sending me these interesting informational videos because they know I'm a nerd. Mm -hmm. They know I want more information, not less. And I guess this one guy was talking about, they've done studies in fetal movement, and, you know, once they start, like, opening and closing their eyes, you can take a series of three dots. So two next to each other with one either over it or under it, right? Mm -hmm. And when you put the two dots with the one over on top and shine it on the belly... I guess the fetus doesn't really react to it. But when you put that second dot on the bottom, they notice that the fetus will actually try to follow it. And they mostly speculate that it's because it looks more like a face. So, like, that there is something hardwired in, in, like, even as young as being a baby of, like, looking for faces and looking for people connection. So I thought that was really kind of cool to learn this week.
0: Or it could be, like, with a pet and a laser pointer, you know.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, because they don't react to the other one. Uh, or a single light, yeah. so that was the thing that I thought was interesting. I was like, "Oh yeah, of course they'd follow the light because they could see it." And there's like nothing in there, you know. <laughs> but I guess like uh, if you're wearing light clothes, it can be as light in there as like um, what did he say. I think an overcast day or some of the more dimly lit offices. Mm. So it's not all darkness. Like there's a lot of people who's like, Oh, it's just all dark in there. And they're like, oh, apparently it's not because of like where everything is. Yeah. Like right now I'm wearing a dark black sweater and it's <laughs> thick, so it's pretty dark in there for the Reverend, for the baby Reverend right now. But um you know, ever since learning that, it's funny because I've started to try to like around the house wear like lighter colored clothes so that, you know, it's like, yeah, light exposure is probably a good thing because I know for mental health that matters for me. So, you know, doing all those little things like that. So that's, I guess that's my one fun digression from being distracted about totally this. Totally
0: depressed, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, I've, I've had a rough week, and then, like, so I think my brain just really glammed onto this news about the shooting in, it is Virginia, right? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so, the six-year-old, but... How about you, Tim? How about you, Tim? I was was actually just about to say. I was like, "How about you, Tim? How's your week going?"
0: Yeah, um, what a great segue. (laughs) Um, It's been kind of a rough week for me too. Just one of those like physical and emotional, just absolutely tired all the time weeks. And you know, luckily this past night I was able to get ten and a half hours of sleep, and that is something that is rare. Um, I think I, I don't usually get that usually I'm lucky to get about six hours. So it was really nice to be able to uh, sleep in extended time, even though that ended up cutting into time that I was going to be able to talk to my friend Lisa back in California. But, you know, sleep, uh, you know, I kind of needed that. That was good. But um, the first episode of uh, Tim's Tremendous Tapes is recorded. And by the time you all hear this, will have been released. Um, Still interesting in terms of evolution. You know, I I found out rather quickly that I was not going to be able to have you know five different 10 minute segments talking just about the music so I kind of pivoted uh, pretty fast into you know talking about topics that you know we normally would not talk about you know like pro wrestling there is a fascinating thing this week because not only did Vince McMahon um, force his way back onto the WWE board his daughter yesterday resigned as CEO of the company and now there's word that the Saudi Arabian government has bought the WWE all right. they have an investment group uh, that they um, also bought a golf league uh, as well um, to try to you know have like a public relations offensive uh, around the world. You know, we totally don't murder you know journalists and all that stuff. Um, so, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, the WWE that has uh, shows like Tribute to the Troops, which was started um, because of the war in Iraq that was started because of Saudi Arabian-funded Saudi Arabian citizens who crashed planes into the World Trade Center. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but... That's been kind of my week as well. Um, you know, it's, it's you know that like that news doesn't affect me personally. I don't have stock in WWE or anything right. like that, so it's more just sitting on the outside, like with a bucket of popcorn, like oh my god, what's going to happen now? But I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily want to watch the WWE. Any, I mean, I would still love wrestling. I'm not saying I would stop wrestling, but owned by the Saudi Arabian government, yeah. like. That's kind of gross.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's like, whenever you start talking about eating the popcorn, it did make me remember the other thing that happened this last week that I guess is noteworthy is I felt like that... I used that gif a lot to talk about, like, Democrats watching the House Speaker election. That was nuts. That, that's like, honestly, that's fucking embarrassing is what it is. Did like. you see uh,
0: <laughs> Representative Katie Porter out of California who just announced that she's running for Senate uh, for Dianne Feinstein's seat? During that whole nonsense, she was like openly reading the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh (laughs) everybody had a big laugh.
1: Oh, God, no. It was just that was the other thing that I guess like took over my week as far as what I paid attention to was this House speaker vote and the deliciously ironic and hypocritical nature of many of the GOP. Telling the conservatives how they needed to change their vote, right? The 20 that were holding out. Mm-hmm. But yet they were unwilling to change theirs. Meanwhile, the front runner consistently up until they finally made it happen was the Democratic candidate. So, you know, I, I know if some of you guys are on our Facebook, you probably saw the thing that I made like, hey, to the Republicans bitching about how you just want this to end so you can get back to work, like, here's an option instead of trying to control somebody else. But yeah, um, you know you could vote for the guy who's already been the front runner. He had only needed six more votes when I made that mm-hmm. and he would have won. So to me, it's kind of funny, and I wonder if it's gonna throw into question this whole minimum number of votes thing because that was ridiculous. That was embarrassing. And it's like you know the GOP gets upset every time a Gallup poll comes out. That Americans say that they're unwilling to compromise. And here they are very publicly displaying an unwillingness to compromise within their own damn party.
0: There was almost a fist fight on the floor of Congress. <gasps> yeah, well. I yeah. saw
1: that. I forget the names involved, but there was like a still of somebody grabbing somebody else. And I was like, whoa, that got, again, it, it's it's embarrassing as a country. Like, I'm, I'm laughing because it's embarrassing, not because I'm actually finding amusement in this. I'm like, to me, this is like, yep, yeah, this is why I live at the northern border. Um, (laughs) Closer escape route I've got a closer escape route Trudeau has a long tradition of taking in At least the first thousands of refugees From a place at least I can get there quickly Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah I don't think it's a good thing Um, I think it's really just kind of sad And kind of goes to speak to We're so divided that even our divisions Are divided now but this is like that kind of Speculation that they could see A third party breaking off From the GOP because of this conflict and things like this. Like, this was insane.
0: And Trump has already thrown out feelers about a third party, which if he does that, you know, good luck getting elected Republicans, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. That's, I think, where I I may have speculated on the show with you, if not privately, that I do think if (laughs) if Trumpster fire doesn't make the Republican ticket because there are more. I I don't think he will. Like, I guess he's still a front runner for some reason, but I don't know. I'm curious to see how it pans out. But basically, I think if he does make the Republican ticket, I think we're going to have a lot of Republicans actually moving away from from party line voting Mm -hmm. Um, just because there are so many that don't want him again. There are many who did vote for him the first time that saw what he did while they were in office are actually repulsed by him and do not want him as president or even affiliated with their party. Now, if he doesn't win the GOP presidential candidate, I know his ego can't seem to take not running like he he proved that when he still announced running when everybody was begging him not to Mm -hmm. because you know he had his big announcement you know other than the baseball cards of course (laughs) like that was later maybe he should have flip-flopped that news you know like done the baseball cards first but um whenever he made that announcement it kind of showed that he's got this stubbornness about him That even if he does lose the presidential bid for the Republican Party, I think he's going to try to run as independent, even if he's not calling it whatever the new party is, I think he'll just try to take over that I, the independent, saying like, well, this is the actual party, but I'm running as an independent because, you know, we don't the way our system works, it wouldn't allow him on the ticket, I don't believe. Like, you can't just create a party and then get on the ticket.
0: Um, you have to have, um, I, I guess, like a certain percentage of, of some, like, the, if I'm not mistaken, to be able to, like, get on the ballot, you have to, have, uh, to get on the ballot, you can just have enough p- uh, petitions to get on there, and I think, you know, he would have the money and the vanity to do that. Maybe
1: he could, and but t- either way, I, term,
0: I, yeah, like, I think
1: it would just pull away from the Republican vote. Yeah. I, I, just, I have an odd feeling we're going to up with a democratic president no matter what because even if he doesn't make the republican ticket he's going to try like we if one thing can be agreed upon about this man's character stubborn as
0: fuck And Take into account what happened this past week in the House of Representatives. Do you think that's gonna go away? No, because apparently McCarthy gave away everything It's so stupid because he said he allowed a rule that allows one person and only one person to say I think we need a vote for a new speaker So the first time he does something that offends that very small group of people uh, Like the Matt gates the guy who is being investigated for sexual trafficking yeah. Yeah for that Marjorie Taylor green nut job you know he's only looking to satisfy them and the moment they d- get upset they're going to throw everything into th- everything into the fire yeah. and but having said that 2024 will be so much good for Democrats because of Gen Z being a lot more liberal than, than people in the past. I mean, there are studies showing that younger people are booking the trend of being more conservative as they get older. Um, you know, which happens when you just make their lives absolutely shit.
1: Oh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Mm-hmm. I go right back to just reminding our listeners I am not a Democrat. <laughs> um, to me, I would be thrilled if this also meant more actual independent and third party. Candidates like were taken more seriously. But I I'm interested to see how it plays out, I guess is where we're at. But I did find it interesting that McCarthy had to give away everything in order to get this vote. Like every time he went to the bargaining table and he would give them what they asked for, they would still not vote for him because they wanted more. Yeah. And I think that, to me, was also one of the more embarrassing aspects of this. Not only, like, just that the party couldn't agree and couldn't make concessions for each other. It's that they basically got to hold the vote hostage to get everything they wanted. And like you said, one person being able to say, I don't like you, is kind of ridiculous to then go into this process again. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they tried to put up more conservative speakers and they weren't winning the vote. They weren't even coming close. So, if they're going to do that, we might see this repeat time and time again over these next few years.
0: Uh, actually, 2024, uh, they get uh, the complete House of Representatives, um, they have, uh, have uh, two year terms. So, next year, they will all be running again. So, um, depending on gerrymandering, who knows i mean there's you know and then of course there is no there is no reality to where you know democrats would win everything Uh, you know we just need reasonable people in republican seats that will not join this craziness and they are out there
1: yeah yeah and and yeah they're a decent number because again that goes into if they weren't a decent number they would have just voted for the ultra conservative speaker that got nominated in for Mm. voting That didn't happen, though. They stuck to their guns, stuck with McCarthy, and just kind of were verbally and publicly shaming these handful 20-ish people that were refusing to vote for him. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out, because is there going to be a vote in two years? I'm not going to pretend to understand all the ins and outs of this, but to me, whenever you allow concessions, like one person saying... We might have multiple votes across the time. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. that's what he had to give up. He had to give up the two-year security in order to get the damn votes in the first place. So I will be curious to see what that means. Mm -hmm. Because we know how legalese we get in our politics once somebody decides they want to do something. I mean, even look at student loan forgiveness. Biden decided to do a thing. Now it's all tied up in a legal battle figuring out if he could even do that. So I could see the same thing playing out because they have insisted on one person being enough to say we need to get to vote a new one in. So it could be that we see this like repeated voting thing every time they find somebody that they think is going to meet what they want that their Republican constituents would also vote for. So that's where I, I guess I say that's where it could be interesting. That's where it could be... Very different than what we're used to seeing for this type of role.
0: Which, at, at the end of the day, as long as that keeps Republicans away from doing stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it'll keep them busy trying to do their little infights, and hopefully, it will show the American public the futility of keeping this party in power at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of. Still, I don't see a problem with what I would call actual Republicans. (laughs) I do see a problem with both Team Red, rah, 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 and Team Blue, rah, rah, rah. Like, I don't like either separate. What I would love for this to show is that we have a real communication problem, Mm. and we need to start talking more logically, like... Stop judging people for being willing to talk across the room to the other side, I throw in quotes. Like, that should not be viewed as a bad thing. These were meant to balance us so that we're making good decisions for the American people that represent kind of those far ends of belief. Mm -hmm. But with us refusing and heel digging, I think that's more lining up to, I mean, I know there's a lot of professionals that say it's not very likely we'd end up with another civil war, but I don't see this helping Because it's got families fighting and never speaking to each other again. And that's a pretty strong thing to do, considering we have, like, a whole thing about, but it's family. You know what I mean? Unless it's politics in which case, fuck them. If they don't agree with you politically, you're allowed to just cut them off for that. Verbal abuse, you know, but that's your mother. You should still speak to her. Dumb. But, you know, politics, that's okay. To, to cut them off cold turkey. So, I don't know. This is, like I said, interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting,
0: and in the comedy will continue.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that'll happen, too.
0: But we have ourselves a serious topic this week, as you mentioned at the top. Why don't you introduce it for the folks yep. at home?
1: like I said, the is turning into the shot heard round the world made by a six-year-old and I did look up really quick that's that was part of my pause where I was realizing I didn't ask you to start talking was <laughs> I needed to immediately like, like shit was it Virginia it is Virginia as, as many of our longer term listeners know I don't like to misinform and when I've got the the Google Skynet right in front of me I'd rather just confirm it quickly and address it but yes it was Virginia it was a teacher um last I read about it was yesterday, so that's Monday. This will come out on Saturdays. So this is at the top of the week. There might be more by the time this releases. Um, basically, what we know right now is there was some form of altercation between the six year old, six year old, and a teacher. Um, so this wasn't just a, you know, I saw this on a cartoon and boom, and you'll be fine next week's episode, haha ha. Like, this is no innocence at all. This is very much this child seemed to choose to bring this gun from home and hurt their teacher. Um, the other interesting things about it is they have confirmed that the mother legally purchased the firearm. They're still holding the six-year-old because this is so unprecedented they literally don't know what to do. The child is definitely too young to be held in adult court, and they are way too young even to be held in juvenile court. So last I had read, they are holding him for a psych evaluation and considering charging the parents. Now, now that I know that the mother bought the gun, there's some people who have mixed feelings about charging parents in these instances. However, it is kind of neglectful to own a handgun and not secure that your child can't get a hold of it
0: not kind of it is yeah i mean yeah it is it
1: is is neglectful especially six years old like when you've got younger kids in the house um i mean granted i know i've got a remington um that is supposed to be sent up here i've got a friend holding on to it in oregon and we just need to figure out how to get it here because we weren't going to drive across the country with it fuck no i didn't want to deal with that I um,
0: Clyde, she wants Right. I mean, granted, right
1: as long as it's locked in a way, like, most states would have been fine with it. But we were driving across so many states that I didn't feel like doing the research when I know you can just go to another gun shop and have it sent shop to shop, and it's fine.
0: We need the Republican route for, through America. Oh, right?
1: What's the Republican? <laughs> uh, route GOP. <laughs> Here we were taking the ones with numbers and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I... Prefacing this whole conversation, I, I do like them. I do think they are fun as a hobby. I've been shooting multiple times. I've owned guns through my life. Um, but that being said, like part of the reason I don't have my Remington right now is because I have two older kids in my life who, even though they only visit you know, periodically and during the summer as a responsible parent, I need a situation to keep that gun in that I know they can't get to it. They're unfortunately both at an age that just putting it up in the closet does not satiate that for me. I know that's not good enough because if they know it's up there, I mean, not that they really dig through our stuff. We've never busted them doing that. But because it's a possibility, even though it's not a probability, I won't own it until I can secure it. So that being said, I guess that's how I feel about the parents being charged is I want more information information. Like, I doubt a six-year-old figured out how to crack um, a-, a code to a safe. So I'm kind of going with probably wasn't being kept anywhere
0: more secure than, like, the top shelf of something. Or if there was a safe involved, maybe it was just with a key. Yeah. You know.
1: Um, and even then... I don't know, because, see, that's at least still trying to secure it, because this is a Mm six-year-old. I could understand not thinking the six-year-old would be able to put together this key goes to this thing, because so many keys look so similar. But I am very curious what they end up finding. The other interesting thing about this is, I guess the six-year-old was being combative enough that when police arrived, he was being actively restrained. So this, again, was not a kid who did something because they thought it was innocent and harmless. This is a kid showing a level of violence that is very unprecedented for the age. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's why I wanted to try to find something addressing mental health and talking about it. And I want to be careful about this (laughs) because I do understand uh, pushing it off on the mental health problems is a very um, NRA talking point. But I wanted to share something we like to talk about mental health on this show and then kind of give some of my feedback to it the reverend's humble opinion if it will i'm not going to claim to be an expert but this is from mhanational.org and we're going to include the article it's got the studies and the numbers and all of the stuff if you want to get into the nitty-gritty but i like that it had some conclusions at the bottom just to kind of go over really briefly with everybody so conclusion number one Suicide deaths are typically impulsive acts and are the number one cause of firearm related mortality in the United States. So these shooting situations still aren't the number one fatality cause when it comes to guns. It is suicide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number two, when ranked with other countries of similar economic growth, the U.S. does not have a significantly higher proportion of people with mental health conditions than other industrialized countries, but does have exponentially higher rates of gun ownership and gun violence. Um, And I think that's like the, the two that are the most relevant to kind of talk about, because this goes into those cultural differences. Like, why here? Because that's the big question, I think, when we talk about gun control, if you want to call it common sense gun control or gun reform, whatever you want to brand it. Yeah. There is something going on, and we should be looking at it. That being said, we know that in the United States, and I couldn't find anything to directly compare this to, we don't have the same health care access as many other countries Which would then make me question, are we sure we don't have statistically more mental health issues? Now, I don't want to support the stigma that somebody that has mental health issues should either, like, blanket not ever be allowed to have a gun, or that they are the people that are doing this. But to me, when I read stuff like this, it immediately makes me question because somebody who has such a violent tendency that they're going to go and justify shooting other people and harming other people, that, to me, actually does stink of having a mental health issue.
0: I think the thing to keep in mind is, you know, you don't want to fall in the, into the trap of believing the words that come from the side you believe in.
1: Right. You know, I don't support a lot of the NRA talking points. I will totally preface that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I'm not an NRA supporter myself. Anybody no. that's listened to the show would, would know this. But to your point, though, you do have to take into account the health aspects of it because it is a part of it in a way. It's not the entire thing like the NRA would like you to believe because they use that as a deflection away from having the real talk about laws that should be in place like red. Lag laws for instance or universal health universal background checks and stuff like that like i'm in the suicide episode i mentioned in california you know like when you are going for like a suicide watch um you are you have to sign a paper stating that you know from that day for five years after the day you sign that paper you cannot own a firearm that's great yeah you know for something like that that you know that is great but you know that's California. I, yeah. I, I can't speak for Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, other places like that. I mean, they may issue you a gun on the way out of the psych ward there.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I. so the article overall wants to make the point that we shouldn't be blaming, like, Uh, Basically, it's... it's, I'll just do the next bullet point. It is critical that the public and policymakers stop responding to gun violence and mass shootings with statements that mental health conditions are the underlying cause. This claim is false and discriminatory. And I think what's interesting is the same people who tend to back the NRA values don't back access to health care. So, to me, it's still effectively doing nothing but a blame game. Because you're not... If you really think that's the problem, well, then why aren't you investing in solving that problem? But it's just they use it as kind of a scapegoat, and then they don't touch it. They just let the goat free. They don't, like, try to do anything else with the goat. They're just like, yeah, that's the problem. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I can't help but wonder... If we had better access to care, if we looked at things that were more red flags, because the article actually point blank, not in these bullet points, but within it itself talks about that the more consistent like way to kind of foresee that these things would happen is a history of violence, Mm -hmm. not a history of mental health. But then again, you also, being a little bit more educated on, like, the DSM, because I studied psychology, like, there are things that are probably not being diagnosed as violent tendencies in younger children. Granted, I don't think anything would have given us the heads up that the six-year-old was going to do what they were going to do. That is so young, even for those antisocial behaviors. Yeah. Um, to even be picked up. However, this goes right back into, I do think, part of like what could be a good service of the public school is to have some education for our teachers, for the actual counselors there that you know are working with kids to be able to tell if there are violent tendencies in a child that should be watched. And yes, sorry not sorry adults, if you have a child that is popping up as having some violent tendencies... Maybe there should be some restrictions on you owning guns for a little while. I know it feels unfair, but the thing is, is I think protecting your child should be the, the, the prioritized thing here.
0: Why should I have to suffer the consequences of my actions? My goodness, this is America. <laughs>
1: well, it's like, why should I have to alter my life for the child that I'm raising? Right, And yeah. that could even be if there's red flags for something like depression where they worry about suicide to if there's red flags for violent tendencies so you're not accidentally having a tool in the house for them to do something. Because, again, it's about protecting your kid.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, to your point, with this situation, it's like, the does a six-year-old really understand the full the full story of the action that this kid did? No.
1: Probably not. That but, goes into stuff we've talked about a lot. Like there's parts of your brain, the prefrontal cortex specifically that needs to finish developing to fully understand long-term consequence, including death.
0: But the point though, you uh, know, is that, you know, this kid knew enough about what a gun could do that this kid felt the need to get that gun to take care of the problem that they had, which Mm-hmm. Th- that's a different story altogether. And you got to ask, you, you got to ask what was the home life like? What was the situation? Because right? if, if, if the person legally bought the gun and, and had it properly secured, yet the kid found a workaround, uh, you know, that's something to be looked into. Um, was there domestic violence? Was there a f- physical or mental abuse going on? Exactly.
1: You know? And we don't know. So I want to go ahead and make sure it's clear. We're not saying anything has come out about the home life, but it does make you question because of how young the child is. So we will probably, this is something I'm going to follow because it's of an extreme interest to me.
0: The Friends Talking Nerdy News Network will be in the case.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I want to see what they end up finding. They are looking at charging the parents right now, at least for like, I'm sure there's like some kind of like neglectful handling of a firearm or something like that, that they can be charged with. Mm. I don't know all the laws. There's way too many to even pretend to know all of the options. Options and here.
0: They're different by state, but you know yeah. what we do have is some pros and cons today that we can go through here to stimulate some conversation. We'd want to hear from you as well. Um, so yeah, ready to dive in?
1: Yeah, I mean this is a hot topic, so this is likely going to be part one of three. These might be some longer episodes. Because ProCon had 15 pros and cons. And as we've discussed in the past, Tim the Nerd and myself, we like to go through all of them and not skip and cherry pick. Because we like to be challenged as well. And I think I love having these conversations. Not because we actually really think we're going to be the ones to solve this problem. But I think it shows that we can talk and see points from the other side. So yeah, I'm actually going to be reading the cons, which will be interesting. Because I, I... I do enjoy owning guns, Mm -hmm. but I do agree that there needs to be some common sense gun
0: reform. Oh, yeah.
1: And there's a lot of people out there who actually agree with that statement, even on the Republican side. I know. I've talked to them. I've been amongst them.
0: I mean, statistics, I mean, the statistics are out there. Most people favor universal background checks. Most people favor, like, some sort of training involved, having gun safes or something like that. The point is not to punish the people that are being 100% responsible Mm -hmm. with the guns that they choose. It's making sure that people that shouldn't have them get access to them. And, and I think that's a lot of, of, of the problems that we're looking at here because not every state has, you know, requires background checks. Or if they do, they're not as stringent as they can be in some other states, you know. So hence... Going through the pros and cons here so we can uh, have that conversation. So let's dive in.
1: Start us off, Tim. Pro
0: number one The Second Amendment is not an unlimited right to own guns. In the June 26, 2008, District of Columbia, et al. v. Heller, U.S. Supreme Court majority opinion, Justice Antonin Scalia, I'm a hardcore conservative guy, um, wrote Like most rights, the right secured by the Second Amendment is not unlimited. Nothing, in our opinion, should be taken to cast doubt on long-standing prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places such as schools and government buildings or laws imposing conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of arms. On June 9, 2016, the U S ninth circuit court of appeals ruled seven to four that the right of the general public to carry a concealed firearm in public is not, and never has been protected by the second amendment. Thus upholding a law requiring a permitting process, and good cause for concealed carry licenses in California. A 2018 study found that 91% of the 1,153 court cases with claims stating a government action or law violates the Second Amendment between the 2008 DC versus Heller decision and February 1st, 2016 failed. And th- I agree. I mean, I, I I think you know with all with with pretty much any law that you have on the books, it's not absolute like free speech. As they say, you can't go into a movie theater and yell fire. <laughs> you right. know, you're gonna get in trouble for for doing that. And and the, with the Second Amendment too, there are limitations in place. Now, <laughs> the 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 talk here is how much should those limitations affect people, and how much should they not? Um, you know, the NRA crowd would just love to have it to where you can walk into a store, buy it, and then walk out the same day. That is extreme. You know, and and on the flip side, you know, uh, the progressive side of things, the folks that would love to just ban weapons outright... That is extreme. You know, I mean, if you live in Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine, in the city, yeah, maybe you don't necessarily need a gun unless we're talking about, you know, like one reason a person would have uh, for concealed carry would be, unfortunately, people that are involved in domestic violence situations. You know, having a weapon at the ready if you have an unstable former partner after you. It may be necessary. Also, think rural. I mean, if you got a farm with chickens, and you got a you got a coyote problem, are you gonna just hope they go away, or are you gonna get a shotgun and make sure the coyotes never come back?
1: Right. And I'm not sure if I 100% agree that having a gun as a result of being in a domestic violence relationship situation is the right answer. There are non-lethal ways. But what's interesting is is as long as that other person can get it, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like there there was something that like it may react to that's like oh I don't like that one, but that's but, something that I could also question within myself.
0: But too, it's uh, to your point though. It's if we take the absolutes in, into into account right. here, yeah, not everybody that's involved in a domestic violence type of thing necessarily needs that.
1: Right. I, I, c- I could see the justification for it, but there's some part of me that's like oh man, that should not be how we have to <laughs> handle that. And then I will still stand up for your right to have a hobby. I've shot an AR. They're incredibly fun to take to a little dirt backed range and have like a, like there's these, you know, targets that move around as you hit them. Mm -hmm. And dude, that's like meditative as hell. Like you could just kind of follow that thing and plink it and try to see if you could chase it up a hill. (laughs) It is kind of fun. Now, that being said, there are any number of hobbies that require you to have certain classes, certain certifications, certain permits in order to do that thing. So, yes, if you want to own certain guns, I have no problem with going, well, you need to undergo this, and part of this would involve, like, possibly even a psych evaluation. I wouldn't be against some of these necessarily. Hmm. I'd be open to hearing arguments of why somebody would be against a psych evaluation for somebody wanting to own a gun that could potentially harm a lot of people at once. But I, I see no problem with it. But going into con number one, because it's a direct mirror of pro number one, (laughs) the Second Amendment of the Constitution protects individual gun ownership. The Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Gun ownership is an American tradition older than the country itself and is protected by the Second Amendment. More gun control laws would infringe upon the right to bear arms. Justice Antonio Scalia, again, in June 26, 2008, District of Columbia et al. v. Heller, U.S. Supreme Court, majority opinion syllabus stated, the Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia. And to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self defense within the home. The McDonald v. City of Chicago 2010 ruling also stated the Second Amendment is an individual right. Lawrence Hunter, chairman of Revolution PAC, stated the founders understood that the right to own and bear laws is as functional and as essential to maintaining liberty as are the rights of free speech, a free press, freedom of religion. (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, As long as it's ours, anyway. And the other protections against government encroachments on liberty delineated in the Bill of Rights. And my thing is, is I had always understood the Second Amendment when they've actually looked into it as being about the rights to hold in a militia. Not the rights to hold in self-defense in your home. And a militia, like, actually there are... Things you have to do in order to be recognized as an official militia. But it sounds like they're taking that comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, as separate from that. But damn this you, is,
0: Oxford comma. No.
1: <laughs> damn you commas. Screwing us again. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, you also have to realize, like, some of these things were written in a time... Where more things were more prevalent, you know. You had more people trying to get into your farm and, you know, hurt you. Like, I I do think we have, like, a more civilized society now that deserves the ability to go back and look at things and say maybe we should change them. For example, he talks about freedom of speech. Well, now we've realized the harm it can cause to yell fire when there's no fire. The harm it can cause when you yell things like active shooter in a mall when there's no active shooter in the mall. Like, We have adopted other ones to update them to society today. We have not done that with this. So while it's interesting that they're kind of looking at this statement in the Second Amendment and saying, well, because of how this is phrased, they're talking about individual rights. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't evaluate those and see if they still make sense for culture today. And when culture today is facing a gun violence epidemic... I think that's where you should investigate these things and decide whether or not that's still appropriate. Yeah. So I respect the con. I understand like it may have been written in a way where it did say that. Who's to say? I'm not in the head of the people who wrote the Second Amendment to understand what they meant by it when they, when they wrote it. But that doesn't mean that you get out of investigating it and seeing if it still fits today. Or if looking at it this way is causing harm today, which in my humble opinion, I think it is causing harm today. Just judging by our school shooting prevalence, our, our public shootings, look at what just happened in Colorado. That wasn't a school thing with a small child. That was an adult who decided to go and attack a, a gay club, a queer club, because they just didn't like what they were doing there ultimately. Yeah. You know, I, I have been hard-pressed in the Bible to find anywhere where it justifies killing people for being homosexual or for being of a different religion, you know, religious freedom, Um, as long as it's ours. But uh, (laughs) sorry, I can't help but make those digs there sometimes. You want religious freedom as long as you can talk about prayer in school and, you know, not letting the... Other people who have other practices do their other things in your school, right? Yeah, Somebody brings yeah. out a prayer mat and starts Islam practices. Suddenly that freedom of religion talks takes a different backseat turn. You that know? upsets
0: me. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, I'm, we're America anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, th- like to me, yes, the Second Amendment does, to me, it, the Second Amendment does mean that it, the, one of the meanings of it is that yeah the average citizen should have the ability to have weapons if they so choose but again that and it's like the people that are that that support this con do tend to just end it right there without going the further step about talking about the, you know, ramifications because the kid in Virginia, I mean, if we are talking about a situation to where the parents just did not have a gun safe and left it in a place where the kid could easily get it, that is irresponsible. And that person should never be allowed to own a gun again. right You know, um, but, but the fact that they were able to legally buy it, I, you know, it's like it's even with the tragedy that occurred, you know, before the tragedy occurred, it's like they they were able to go ahead and exercise their rights, but they showed that they abused those rights, right. you know, and, and we have to take into account that there are people that will abuse those rights. There are also just certain laws on the book, depending on your states, that allow you to get access to weapons much easier than it would be in other places, too. And I think, you know, that does need to be addressed without it affecting the rights of average citizens that are following the rules of the law. Right. All right. Pro number two, more gun control laws would reduce gun deaths. There were 572,537 total gun deaths between 1999 and 2016, 3,336,579 suicides, 58.8% of total gun deaths, 213,175 homicides, 37.2% of gun deaths, and 11,428 unintentional deaths, 2%. Guns. Uh, uh, just imagine some comic situation. Hey, Ma got the gun.
1: <laughs> oh, unfortunately, I actually have lost somebody in my life to an unintentional gun death.
0: Ooh, yeah. So no joking it's around. It's okay. Me.
1: No, no. I'll, I'll actually go into that story like once you finish the pro. But that's I have personally known somebody, and it was very sad
0: okay guns were the leading cause (laughs) of death by homicide 67.7 percent of all homicides and by suicide 51.8 percent of all suicides a study in the new england journal of medicine found that firearms were the second leading cause of deaths for children responsible for 15 percent of child deaths compared to 20 percent in motor vehicle crashes a study published in the american journal of public health found that legal purchase of a handgun appears to be associated with a long lasting increased risk of violent death according to a March 10, 2016, Lancet study, implementing federal universal background checks could reduce firearm deaths by a projected 56.9%. Background checks for ammunition purchases could reduce deaths by a projected 80.7%. And gun identification requirements could reduce deaths by a projected 82.5%. Gun licensing laws were associated with a 14% decrease in firearm homicides, while increases in firearm homicides were seen in places with right-to-carry and stand-your-ground laws. And I'm glad it mentions some of those statistics at the end there because it's this is not a situation to where most people are arguing that we should take away all guns. I I think a majority of people are comfortable with law-abiding citizens following the rule of the law and handling their guns responsibly. But, you know, similar to a vehicle, I know this is something that you that is brought up in the gun control argument a lot, you know, you do in some ways have to compare it to like a car. If you're old enough to you know, drive. They're not just gonna say, "Well, you're 16. Here's your keys. Bye." You know, you gotta take classes. You gotta take training. You have to take a driver's test, and then every four or five years or so, depending on your state, you have to renew your license, and and go from there. It's it's not an unlimited right to drive whenever you want, however you want. You have to show proficiency at being able to do that. And if you're, let's say, a 16 year old who gets caught drunk driving, guess what? You're not gonna be driving for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know I was extremely disappointed when Arizona decided to no longer require a CCW, so a concealed weapons permit, um, because of even some of the stuff I'd heard people say. It's like, next motherfucker tries to steal my car. I'm like, well, have fun in jail, because unless they're trying to hit you with that car, you're not allowed to just shoot somebody. Like, you let them take the car, you file police reports, you don't get to just shoot people. Mm -hmm. Um, Even shooting out a tire... Um is technically endangering that person's life, so they could turn around and sue you.
0: Yeah, you're not in a genre action film. <laughs> right. You know? Like
1: so uh, it's, yeah, so real quick, the unintentional death story that this made me. And I'm not upset at you at all for that joke. I just want to clarify, like mm-hmm. I understand it was funny. But no, I've actually known somebody. Um it was our, so when I was in Taekwondo back in high school, um my sensei was Mr. Davis. And then there was Master Davis, who was his father. He was one of the very few 10th degree black belts in the Texas Taekwondo Federation. He owned guns. He had some that he was out, he had out for cleaning. And um, he had one that was notoriously a hair trigger gun, but he really thought that it wasn't loaded. And he had asked, oh, this is worse. He had asked his wife to hand it to him. Hmm. And it went off unexpectedly. She got investigated fully. They found like... You know, where gunpowder residue was, there's no way her finger was on the trigger. It was a legit accident. Yeah. But it was so dramatic. Like, I just remember being so upset by that. So, yeah, I mean, it. all joking aside, that does happen.
0: Oh, look Um, at the Alec Baldwin thing. Happened (laughs) on set, you know? Yeah,
1: oh, God, yeah, right? Like, just loaded the wrong fucking thing. I mean, granted, that person didn't die, right?
0: Nope. No, they
1: did? Okay, sorry. That was a story that I followed, like, crazy close because I was like, holy shit. I just remember that it happened but um, but yeah so and that being said like maybe some of this permitting stuff because again as it relates to once you have children in your home maybe some of those requirements should be that you have a gun safe with a combination lock that your child doesn't know mm-hmm. right Because, again, I don't know if there's laws already on the books about it, but it would make it very clear where to charge in this case with a six-year-old. Because you either had a gun in a safe that didn't meet requirements where your child couldn't get into it, or you just didn't have the gun in the safe. And then, yeah, investigating and trying to prove how that went, good luck. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do think that there is just some common sense to some of this. As far as there being different requirements once you have children in your home versus just the single person who has their guns and their toys and they just live by themselves. You know, like I I know people who will probably be like forever single lifestyle, and that is just their thing. Um, I have a very good friend back in Oregon who I know he owns guns. He posts pictures of his guns. He talks about going shooting to the range, but he also doesn't have kids, has no interest in having kids, you know, very much likes his bachelor lifestyle. And it's like, I don't think he should have the same rules and regulations as somebody who has children in their home. But, um, yeah, so just kind of taking some of that a little bit more seriously. Like, you're not owning just two things that are separate from each other, hmm. right? Like, when you have kids, that adds a complication into your home. And if you choose to own guns, I do think there should be laws on the books addressing this because it can affect other people and it can put your child in danger.
0: Because, yeah, I mean, kids have mental health issues of their own. And... Or even
1: accidental. Like, kids uh, yeah. get curious, especially if you're a big gun advocate and you go shooting all the time. Good luck fighting mirror neurons, because that's literally against everything that child's brain is telling them to do, which is to emulate you. So, I mean, I know my mother was a gun owner, my bio mom, and we were taught how to break down and clean the gun, how to handle the gun, and where it was. I mean, granted, we didn't have access to the safe, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I I know people (laughs) my age group where it was very much like... Nope, the guns were around and we totally took them out one day and like shot when our parents weren't home, got into a world of trouble, because you're not supposed to do that. But case in point, like there's difference in households. Like I don't agree with how my bio mom did a lot of things with my raising. But her, her gun practices were actually pretty spot on for somebody who owned a gun.
0: And my oldest is actually, <clears throat> uh, who still lives back in Portland um, with the neighborhood as he's in. He is looking into getting a gun himself. But, you know, I'm proud of him because he's, you know, going to be taking some classes before that and then properly licensing and getting a gun safe. Right. Um, you know, it's... it's, it's you know, I, I I agree with a lot of the idea of this pro right here. I do think that, you know, if there were more background checks or just something in place, because there is a lot of leeway depending on where you're at in the country, you know, because like, like Chicago gets brought up a lot for gun violence because Illinois has some pretty strict gun control laws, even even though Chicago has a lot of gun deaths. But people don't take into account that, you know, Indiana is like a hop, skip and a jump away from Chicago and Indiana has rather lax gun control laws. And a lot of the guns that are causing the problems in Chicago are happening because of Indiana, you know, and maybe that begs the question too, should a lot of these gun laws be federal laws affecting right. the entire country to where you don't have, you know, the, the, the idea to say, hey, if I just drive two hours south, I can, I can get it much quicker and easier.
1: Yep. <laughs> So, the con that goes along with this, gun control laws do not deter crime. Gun ownership deters crime. A study in Applied Economics Letters found that, quote, assault weapon bans did not significantly affect murder rates at the state level, and states with restrictions on the carrying of concealed weapons had higher gun-related murders. While gun ownership doubled in the 20th century, the murder rate decreased. John R. Lott, Jr., Ph.D., author of More Guns, Less Crime, Understanding Crime and Gun Control Laws, stated states with the largest increases in gun ownership also have the largest drops in violent crimes. The effect on shall issue concealed gun laws on these crimes where two or more people were killed has been dramatic. When states passed these laws, the number of multiple victim shootings declined by 84%. Deaths from these shootings plummeted on average by 90% and injuries by 82%. More than two-thirds of gun gun owners cite protection as a major reason for owning a gun. Journalist John Stosel explained, quote, criminals don't obey the law. Without the fear of retaliation from victims who might be packing heat, criminals in possession of these illegal weapons now have a much easier job. As the saying goes, if guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. And I can't help but laugh at that a little bit because I feel like it's a little ridiculous. And I would want to look in my my personal response. I'd want to look into these studies a little bit more mm-hmm. because correlation does not necessarily mean causation, right? It, it like has to do with like ice cream sales in the summer. There's like some funny little you know things that you can look up, kind of making some um, analogies about correlation not causation. Yeah. But yeah, um, I would question what other factors could be playing in there because something they're not saying and sharing here is. And it's because X percent of shooters were stopped by somebody who had a gun, right? That's the piece that's missing from this con for me to fully go, okay, fair point.
0: Yeah, and I don't... I don't personally believe myself that just the idea that someone could have a gun is going to deter crime. Now, John Stossel, um, with his comment, if guns are outlawed, it, it, he's feeding into that nonsense argument that the, gun, that the gun supporters want to give, that people that are for gun control laws want them to be completely banned. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who believe that, but that's not the majority here. You know, what we're asking is... What people are asking, um, and <laughs> the baby reverend's tickling.
1: The baby reverend is very passionate <laughs> about this gun control tie. like, you guys got to figure yeah. this shit out before I'm in school, which, you know, I've already said he's not going to school. But yeah.
0: <laughs> It's, it's a kind of like a deflection argument. It's not a real argument. You know, people are not generally asking for guns to be outlawed and banned. Right. They're not. That's not what the majority of people in this country are asking for. They're just. Right. They just want to make sure that people th- that clearly shouldn't have them should b- th- shouldn't get their hands on them. And also, too, another thing to take into account too is that there are going to be no amount of laws that you can put on the books that will wipe out crime.
1: Yep. Um, also, there is a. Uh... I think one of our biggest casualties was actually from a public bath bombing that happened a long-ass time ago. Mm -hmm. So, again, this goes into, I would like to address our violent tendencies in our culture. And violence doesn't always look like actually hitting somebody. Violence is also normalized by blaring your horn at somebody for not doing what you wanted them to do. That is still aggression. Right, So I do think this has to do a little bit with our culture as well. The other thing, just another little hole to poke in this con for me, is that they're talking about a ban versus what I would consider common sense gun reform. Mm-hmm. Right, They're not talking about setting standards, requiring tests, requiring certification, requiring background checks. They're talking about a ban not doing anything. And of I could totally understand where that's ineffective in this. Like just saying something's not allowed in total isn't necessarily going to solve the problem when the problem is a violent issue, Mm -hmm. an aggressiveness issue that kind of seems to be a little bit embedded. But that's where, you know, having I, I again, I wouldn't mind taking a psyche valve if it meant I could have my hobby guns or my hunting guns I personally would be okay with that because I feel like I would pass. I sometimes wonder why so many people are against that. Is it because you know you've got some unchecked aggression issues that might come up that you don't want to be aware of or don't want to be known? I don't know. I can't say. But yeah, I, I also, in a weird way, I agree with the con But I don't like using it as a blanket reason to do nothing. I agree that just doing blanket bans on certain types of guns isn't necessarily the answer. But I don't like how it's being posed here is that it means we shouldn't do any gun reform.
0: And that kind of ties into the next pro here. Um, High capacity magazines (laughs) should be banned because they too often turn murder. Into mass murder. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun,
1: dun. <gasps>
0: A Mother Jones investigation found that high capacity magazines were used in at least 50% of the 62 mass shootings between 1982 and 2012. When high capacity magazines were used in mass shootings, the death rate rose 63% and the injury rate rose 156%. David H. Chipman, Senior Vice President of the Public Safety For Shot Spotter, and former Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Fire Tobacco Firearms and Explosives agent, stated that a high capacity magazine turns a killer into a killing machine. Some gang members use high capacity magazines, such as 30 rounds or even 90 rounds, to compensate for lack of accuracy and maximum. Maximize the chance to harm. According to a February 2019 NPR poll, 65% of Americans believed banning high-capacity magazines would reduce gun violence. And, uh, you know... In a way, to, to me, this one seems kind of silly. I remember a few; it was a few years back. I don't remember specifically, but it was Maxine Waters on the f- floor of Congress talking about, you know, like making it to where like the bump stocks for AR-15s can go from like 50, hold 50 to like 30 or something like that. And, and, and in a sense, sure, there is a bit of logic here. If you only have 30 bullets to take people out, that's less victims. But it's not about how many bullets a gun can shoot. It's about making sure that a deranged person who shouldn't have access to a gun doesn't get that gun for one, and two, you know... Recognizing the fact that crime will just happen. You could have a situation to where uh, 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 one person found out their romantic partner was cheating on them and, you know, brought their legally purchased gun to that person's work and did what they did. It, It wasn't a sign of mental illness. It was just a snap not forgiving yeah. that snap in any way shape or form i'm not saying that should ever happen but you know there's <laughs> things that you can't take into account that will still result in a crime and i think reducing the amount of bullets a gun can have you know i i guess in theory yeah you know less bullets less victims but you're still looking at victims and you're not looking at you know ways you can you know hopefully keep the gun away from people that shouldn't have it in the first place
1: Well, so, I I perked a little because, to me, a bump stock... I'm not going to pretend to be crazy uh, educated on all the stuff with guns. the
0: thing that holds the bullets. There we go, that's different. I was (laughs) going to say, a
1: bump stock, like you can actually kind of make shift a bump stock. A bump stock essentially um, is smoke. any device that you use. Uh, that's why it's like I just want to clarify to listeners, mm-hmm. but that's a device that you can use that basically can turn a semi-automatic rifle so that it can mimic an automatic weapon. And like I still remember when they like tried to ban bump stocks, I'm like you mean like a pvc pipe or a stick because the whole thing is just having something there where you can mimic An automatic, so that's that's one of those that unfortunately is a good example of making a ridiculous ban that wouldn't really mean that much because that's probably the easiest thing to hack. Now that being said, I do agree with banning high capacity magazines. Like even as a hobbyist, I see no point for me to be able to shoot like. 30 or even up to 90 rounds like in one sitting if I'm just sitting there plinking is what we like to call it, like going plinking, because you're just like plink, 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 and hitting all the little things. Yep. Like there's no no point to that. However, I will preface that doesn't mean somebody can't make one that is determined to do this. However, that also doesn't necessarily mean you should keep selling the thing. What that could mean is that person could be charged, like how we do like to stack for outrageous crimes like this. Mm-hmm. That would lead to the ability to charge them with another thing, though. Because you definitely, that is not a crime of passion. If you fabricated something, that means you really planned on doing it. You didn't just snap and have the things around, you made this thing with that intent. So, I do, whilst, well, like I said, like <laughs> some of the bands and things they do, I think are kind of silly going to the bump stock example because that's the easiest thing just to kind of rig in the moment. It's not very hard to to mimic a bump stock. Um, But yeah, that being said, I do support getting rid of high-capacity magazines because they don't serve the hobbyist that's just sitting there and having fun with their friends. They don't serve anything other than it seems this. Like, if you're hunting and you need to get off 90 rounds before you can take a break and go get... The thing that you're shooting, you should maybe, like, kick it back and go to a range and practice some target shit. Or maybe Buck Hunter. You know, learn how to lead the prey so that you can actually, like, shoot them without shooting 90 rounds first. Well,
0: that's the thing, though, too. I mean, I don't think, you know, hunters are necessarily going out hunting deer with an AR-15 anyway. No, (laughs)
1: not not necessarily. It is somewhat... I, I guess some people do... But I'm not going to anything
0: with like do 20 that. bullets yeah, in it. <laughs> like
1: I, I personally, not that I've been hunting, it is something that I'm interested in, so I have looked into it. I'm more wanting to bow hunt, though, so I can bow hunt in the city, because here in New England, there actually is kind of a deer problem in the cities, mm-hmm. and that can lead to disease and other stuff. And me being a primary plant-based human, I wouldn't mind the idea of my meat intake being from you know actually hunting like learning how to hunt and doing that i think that's actually kind of nice and you get away from some of the factory farm stuff and then i can make deer chili every now and then which is really freaking good Damn right. um and i made i think uh so my the mr reverend's boss hunts deer and he gave us a deer heart one time and i got to make like spatzel and that was really stinking good too so it's like yeah see i would do that but that's still like reduction in meat consumption it's helping with a problem because when those deer overcrowd and move into city it does bring in ticks with Lyme disease and um, even stuff like the Lone Star Tick which you know the terror of the south that makes it so you can't eat red meat one of our friends at the show Wendy Nelson she actually got bit by one I don't think she minds that I share this because she talks about it quite openly Um, She got bit by one and still cannot have red meat. Mm. Sometimes it goes away. Sometimes it's a forever thing. It seems to be kind of on a forever thing for her. Wow. So it's like, yeah, there's like, there are some things. And I guess you can hunt with them. But either way, I question the necessity of 90 rounds quickly available for hunting like you're a shit shot and maybe you should like see if somebody can teach you hunting and, and leading
0: there's an Eddie Murphy movie from the early 90s I believe it's Boomerang um, where he's like this politician trying to go into office and whatnot and I remember there is a scene to where they're like duck hunting but him and all the other politicians you're
1: talking about Distinguished Gentlemen distinguished and we literally just watched it the other day yeah, and, yeah. by the way guys I almost <laughs> brought this up at the beginning of the show because we were talking about Trumpster fire um um, watch that. It, you can watch it for free on YouTube. It's there. We just watched it the other night because the Mr. Reverend was like, You haven't seen this? And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is <laughs> too accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like some of the stuff. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, so that was the funny thing was yeah, they had used ARs to duck hunt and it was just all shitty and bad. They yeah. were like, duh, 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 and like one duck falls. <laughs> like maybe you should learn how to actually hunt instead of going with high capacity. But Going into con number three so we can move through, gun control laws infringe upon the right to self-defense and deny people a sense of safety. According to my favorite place, the National Rifle Association, or the NRA for people really out of the loop, guns are used for self-defense 2.5 million times a year. The police cannot protect everyone all the time. 61% of men and 56% of women surveyed by Pew Research said that stricter gun laws would, quote, make it more difficult for people to protect their homes and families. Nelson Lund, J.D., Ph.D., professor at George Mason University School of Law, stated, quote, The right to self-defense and to the means of defending oneself is a basic natural right that grows out of the right to life and many gun control laws interfere with the ability of law-abiding citizens to defend themselves against violent criminals. Constitutions in 37 U.S. states protect the right to bear arms for self-defense, most with explicit language, such as Alabama's, quote, every citizen has a right to bear arms in defense of himself and the state. Wayne LaPierre, executive vice president of the NRA, stated, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Uh, say that to states that, anyway, uh, not states, but countries that, like, even their police officers don't carry. But, anyway, different cultures, that's where you can't really compare. Ah, i got to continue. On May 9, 2013, 48% of convicted—that's, like, a weird way that they phrase that. Anyway, basically, back May 9, 2013, 48% of convicted felons surveyed admitted that they avoided committing crimes when they knew the victim was armed with a gun. Pew Foundation report found that 79% of male gun owners and 80% of female gun owners said owning a gun made them feel safer, and 64% of people living in a home in which somebody else owns a gun felt safer. Even Senator Diane Feinstein, a gun control advocate, carried a concealed gun when her life was threatened and her home was attacked by the New World Liberation Front in the 1970s. So... Again, to me, this still kind of makes me question some of the stuff that they say about mental illness, but not by the gun owner. And maybe there's other problems to be addressed. Like, I would want to address why do people feel so unsafe that they would need to carry a gun? And why don't we look at that as well, right?
0: and we got to look at the people that are you know talking about this because you know the NRA would like it if there were really no real laws on the books that prevented people from getting guns you know it's 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 gotten to the point where the general public too kind of falls into that trap of either supporting the gun folks or 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 not when there is a lot of middle ground here you know right. when you know putting a, a law in the book stating that someone who you know as I mentioned before has a history of domestic violence or a suicide attempt shouldn't have a gun for X amount of time, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's unreasonable, and I think, you know, the numbers point to the general public agreeing with that, yet you'd have the NRA come out and say that's infringing upon their rights, and uh, sorry, I don't believe in that, you know?
1: I don't believe the right of somebody to own a gun when there are possible markers that they could do harm to other humans with that gun supersedes the right of people to live an unfearing life. And to continue to live their life by restricting access of that person to have a gun, right? Like, I don't think the person should get to own a gun over people not being shot by a person who maybe shouldn't have been given the gun.
0: Using the car analogy again and, you know, having a family member who has died uh, from this result. Think about people who drive drunk. Or drive intoxicated of other, other drugs now because, you know, marijuana and all that. You know, think of... If you have a history of DUIs, nine times out of ten, if, if you don't hurt somebody, they're going to get to a point where they're still going to say, you're not driving.
1: Happened to my biological uncle. He He's passed. Like, he actually was very much textbook alcoholic. He mm. he literally drank himself to death. Like, his organs started failing. And... Um, but before that... From what I understood, he was not allowed to own a car anymore because he had had his license pulled so many times, and I guess you could still buy a vehicle um, even when you didn't have a license. Like, this was in Colorado at the time, so it's still kind of iffy because we were in Texas, and so there was, like, some distance there. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I guess at one point they said, you're not even allowed to own a car anymore. So if we catch you in possession or owning a car, we, you know, you're in trouble, basically. Like... And he, to my... No, he never hurt anybody. Like, he never hit anybody. He just had so many DUIs that they went... You don't have this right anymore.
0: And yeah, it's not like people in his position, you know, go out thinking, "Hey, I hope I run into a family of six tonight." Yeah, you know, it's they think, uh, you know, I'm done at the bar. I can make it home okay. When you know, the, with the, with the alcohol or whatever drug they have in their system says otherwise. Right. And I think th- that's what we have to keep in mind when it comes to laws. Are are we putting laws on the books for gun control that are preventing people like the DUI person um, from from getting a gun, yeah. or um, are, are we making it impossible or harder for the average citizen who has done nothing wrong to get a gun? Those are two separate things. Right. Two totally
1: different things. And I don't necessarily even believe in a forever ban, right? Like, if you displayed some violent tendencies as a juvenile, but you have gone through treatment, you have shown success and a complete turnaround... I do believe there should be a path so it's not a forever punishment thing because I think that's a big reason why there's so much hesitancy to like make laws around this. And that's because we have a still very punishment mentality in our culture when it comes to somebody doing something quote-unquote bad. Right? We we have a hard time accepting That mental illness, mental struggle, and I again, I put violent tendencies tends to still fall under some of the mental disorders and illnesses that are in the DSM. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you should be forever punished if you are a person who has then gone and gotten treatment and you have had evaluations to show that you have had improvement. And that goes across the board. That means if my uncle had cleaned up his act... And, you know, gotten his shit together, gone to counseling, proven that, you know, he can stay sober. Sure, should there be a probationary period? Yeah, should there maybe be some rules? Like, maybe you can't have, like, (laughs) a certain, I don't know, like, type of car that would work well as, like, an analogy for this example. But, you know, I could see, like, allowing something, still having some restrictions, almost like a probationary period, to allow that person the right to earn the right back because otherwise, what incentive do you have for healing?
0: uh yeah i mean like i mentioned in california too i mean like if, if with the mental health issues if you go in for a 5150 you do have that 5 year ban and uh you know i i would i would gladly support something like that nationwide but let's kind of go into pro number 4 uh, here too cuz i think that did kind of touch into a little mm-hmm. bit on the previous there. ones yeah more gun control laws are needed to protect women from domestic abusers and stalkers five women are murdered with guns every day in the united states a woman's risk 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 of being murdered increases 500% if a gun is present during a domestic dispute. During the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, 5,364 U.S. soldiers were killed in action between October 7, 2001 and January 28, 2015. Between 2001 and 2012, 6,410 women were killed with a gun by an intimate partner in the United States. A 2003 study of 23 populous high-income countries found that 86 percent of women killed by firearms were in the United States and American women are 11.4 times more likely to be the victims of gun homicides 57% of mass shootings involved domestic violence for example the 2011 mass shooting at a sealed Beach California hair salon reportedly began because of the shooter's custody battle with his ex-wife who was a hairstylist at the stil- at the salon. Yeah. 31 states do not ban convicted misdemeanor stalkers from owning guns, and 41 states do not force convicted domestic abusers from relinquishing guns they already own. 76% of women murdered and 85% of women who survived a murder attempt by an intimate partner were stalked in the year before the murder or murder attempt. And again, if if, I mean, you've talked about on the show before that you've had to take out a personal protection order. I
1: did. I was actually going to willingly bring that up right now, because that was one of the scariest things. I knew he owned, and even if they had made him turn them over, but in the state of Arizona, they weren't going to do that, Mm -hmm. um, he would have had access through friends easily. Like, not even just ask them, can I have this so I can go kill Tracy? Like, I don't think they would have done that, but I think he would have still had access to that. And even filing the restraining order, even though it was stalking and it was very much like they knew we lived together, that didn't matter. So, for me, it was a lot of sleepless nights. Like, granted, now unpacking it and thinking about his behavior, he was just a giant fucking child. Um, I don't think he ever actually would have had the balls to shoot me. I dare you to be listening to this right now. You pussy. Anyway, <laughs> I was actually going to refrain from using that term because I almost wanted to call him a pussy, and I realized like <laughs> I should just call him a coward yeah. and not not make it because like the the anatomy thing and, and sexism. I know you didn't mean anything yeah, by yeah, yeah, it, yeah. but it's funny because I had almost said like ah pussy, and I was like I should stop saying that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like um, I I realized after i was away from the situation that i really don't think the risk was higher but that's the exact thing on paper that could play out a totally different way right like had he actually been this person to be extremely violent granted my paranoia was way high because anytime you're stalked by somebody it does something chemically in your brain
0: who likes being hunted
1: Nobody likes being hunted, whether they actually have the intention of hurting you or not. When you have told somebody to leave you alone, it gets you into a worked-up state. So, yes, at the time in the moment, I was very much afraid of that. I went everywhere with my roommate. Um, He was really awesome. AJ, I don't think you listened to this show, but if you did, just know that I've always appreciated that, even though we also had, like, a friend fall out at one point. Um, And we talk lightly now, but, you know... I've always appreciated that he was there by my side all the time. Like, the first night that we had put together that some fucked up shit had happened, he slept in my car with me at the place we worked at. Hmm. So I wouldn't be alone, but he knew I wasn't comfortable in the house. So, like, there was things that... You know, I did as a result of being very aware that not only did he own guns, there was nothing about the restraining order that would take them away. And that was so funny, like the fact that he even fought it was ridiculous to me because it didn't mean anything. It was just a legal piece of paper saying, leave her alone. Stop it.
0: But if there were red flag laws in place, having that PPO on record would have made it much worse for him if he did attempt to do something stupid.
1: Right. I and that, that that's how it should have been. But in Arizona at the time, I don't believe that affected him at all. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to make a stink because he didn't like being told what to do. Again, it goes into being a giant baby. I chose to leave the state... And fly away on the morning of court when he pressed to have it go to court. Because in my head, at that point, I had cooled off because it had been several months. And I realized, you're just trying to make me see you. And I wasn't going to give it to him. And by Mm -hmm. the time I landed, I had a stupid email from him (laughs) because then he was allowed to contact me. Because when you don't show up, that restraining order doesn't get held. Yeah, Which, whole other topic on why that should be a fucking thing. (laughs) Like, granted, now with, like, so many things going televersion of them, I'm sure, like, I, nowadays you could maybe even request to have, like, a telecourt so that you don't have to be in the room with them. Yeah. But back in the time, I would have been required to go into the courtroom, and he would have gotten what he wanted, and it was my boundary to be like, no, motherfucker, I said no. I said, you don't get access to me. But yeah, um, so in hindsight, I don't think I was actually in that much danger. But like I said, on paper, this is the exact same thing that leads up to that. And it should have.
0: He you should never have know.
1: taken his guns away.
0: <laughs> yeah, because people with that type of mindset aren't thinking clearly. They're not yeah. thinking logically, and you'd never know how far simple type of obsession like that could turn into something worse. Right. Especially if you'd stayed there and started maybe dating somebody else.
1: Oh yeah, especially when you compare, like, you compound it with the justified ex-hate that we have in our culture mm-hmm. that gets people even more aggressive and angry at their ex than they already were right? So yeah, I got lucky in that situation. And I'm not saying he should have lost his guns forever, guys. I'm just saying it wouldn't have been unreasonable For a temporary hold while he processed the fact that I had taken legal action against him. Mm -hmm. Because that is the exact thing that can trigger somebody into pulling the trigger. Pun slightly intended there. Indeed.
0: But let's go into count number number four.
1: Yeah, so we can get through these last two and not have a two-hour episode for you guys. (laughs) Gun control laws, especially those that try to ban, quote, assault weapons, infringe upon the right to gun owners for hunting and sport. In 2011, there were 13.7 million hunters, 16 years old or older in the United States, and they spent $7.7 billion on guns, sights, ammunitions, and other hunting equipment. High-powered semi-automatic rifles and shotguns are used to hunt and in target shooting tournaments each year. According to the National Shooting Sport Foundation, so-called assault weapons are more often than not less powerful than other hunting rifles. The term assault weapon was conjured up by anti-gun legislatures to scare voters into thinking these firearms are something out of a horror movie. The Colt AR-15 and Springfield M1A, both labeled assault rifles, are the rifles most used for marksmanship competitions in the United States. And their cartridges are standard hunting caliber, useful for game up to and including deer. According to a February 2013 Pew Research report, 32% of gun owners owned guns for hunting and 7% owned guns for target or sport shooting. And again, like, It's one of those where I see the point in their con, but just because you have a point here doesn't mean there still shouldn't be permitting, background checks, things like that for these people who want these quote-unquote assault weapons. Yes. Right? I mentioned, i shot an AR-15. I would love to own one. Oh my gosh. Like I said, it was so fun. Like there was something very fun, but I also like archery. So I have an interest in that focus and the breathing and the slow pulling of the trigger. Like there's some very meditative practice to just owning a a gun for sport shooting at the range. Or if you live in the country and you understand that you just need to know that there's a good hill backing where you're shooting that you can do that to blow off some steam but a bunch. But uh but yeah, it's I, I think when they glam on to the assault rifle ban as an excuse to do nothing. It does not impress me and it does not make a point for me.
0: I, I think what this con shows me more than anything is the importance of boning up on your knowledge about this because I mean, look what I did earlier with the bump stock thing. You know, just it, it when you base your opinion on something you don't have all the knowledge on like the assault rifle uh label for something like the ar-15 you know you make it easier for people on the other side to not listen to you right you know so that does not mean that if you're a person that is against guns that you know you should be for guns or something like that i'm saying just you know study this topic a little bit so you can speak to what these people are saying because yeah if if people are buying it to take part in actual competitions more power to them if they're being responsible for it then great more power to them but you should be able to speak to them without being condescending and without okay. j- just stating well i don't think people should have shut up you know it's like you,
1: yeah you don't know and then the other thing a little caveat there don't research it you don't have to research shit. but you know what shows some mutual respect let them teach you what something is before you say that you're against it like especially mm-hmm. if you're having a conversation with somebody who is opposite the room of you in a debate so to speak it is actually respectful and little psychological hack here they're more likely to listen to what you have to say if you entertain listening to what they have to say and it can be an educational okay so what is a bump stock even yeah like they're talking about banning a bump stock what is it and like let them explain what it is so you can either go Oh, okay, well that is, I mean, just say you take my stance on it, that is kind of dumb. Especially when you can just rig one with anything. A sturdy stick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because really the only way to stop being able to use a quote-unquote bump stock would be to stop automatic or semi-automatic weapons, which I don't see that going away. Yeah. Right? Because that has its purpose. It definitely has its purpose in hunting, being able to pull the trigger twice to make sure you get the game. Especially if you accidentally clip them and don't kill them. You want to be able to get that second shot in, A, so you don't spoil the meat if you think of it that way, but B, so the animal doesn't suffer unnecessarily if you are a hunter. So I don't see semi-automatics going away, right? Yeah. But that could be a conversation you can have. Like, be willing to learn something. They obviously are probably more educated in it than you, and it gives that that air of respect to each other and invites that respect into the conversation rather than just attacking them. Because, yeah, if it's not your interest, don't research it. It's okay. We don't have to be fully informed to have a conversation with somebody.
0: But But also it is important, though, to, you know, not pretend you know something. Right. <laughs> you know, don't. I, I, and, and yeah, when you do have a number of people on the, you know, gun control uh, side of things throwing out information that clearly shows that they don't know anything about guns, or, or you know, th- th- there's always the argument between city folks and country folks as well that I think has a basis in reality of not understanding that, you know, life in the country is going to be different than it is in a populous city. And, you know, taking the time to understand that different locations. in the the country have different scenarios that are going to be different than a major city is something to to keep in mind. Yeah. All right. Let's go into pro number five here. Final pro and con. All right. Guns are rarely used in self-defense. Of the 29,618,300... minutes, it's... No, it's not a rent joke. Okay. <laughs> Violent crimes committed between 20, 2007 and 2011, 0.79% of victims, 235,700 of them, protected themselves with a the threat of use or use of a firearm, the least employed protective behavior. In 2010, there were 230 justifiable homicides in which a private citizen used a firearm to kill a felon compared to 8,275 criminal gun homicides or 36 criminal homicides for every justifiable homicide. Of the 84,495,500 property crimes committed between 2007 and 2011, 0.12% of victims protected themselves with a threat of use or use of a firearm." Uh, Something to keep in mind, I guess. I mean, I don't know how much of a pro this is because, I mean, it's listing that, yeah, guns are not they're not going along with what the NRA guy says. You know, a good guy with a gun will take down a bad guy with right. a
1: gun. Right. This kind of goes into the thing that I said was missing from the other con. Yeah. Was, okay, but how many of them were actually stopped? And this almost feels like it would have been a better counter to that con. Yeah. Of, well, but we're not really using them in self-defense.
0: And and I, I think what this shows more than anything is that, you know, mostly people have the guns to... Hunt to do it for show for you know in your case having them to have them (laughs) you know maybe they're a collector who knows oh yeah I
1: still dream about having a P seven M eight by Heckler and Koch like on my wall like in a shadow box to be taken out and shot occasionally cleaned and put back because I just think it's a fascinating gun Mm -hmm. if anybody else is a little bit of a gun nerd it's neat look into it it doesn't (laughs) work on the same like pin system as our standard guns it's actually the other design that lost out to the system that most guns are designed around. And I think the safety on it is really cool because you have to squeeze like the front of it to even use, Hmm. like to pull the trigger. Um, and so that's how it all lines up and stuff. And I just—I've I've shot it a few times. I had a friend in Arizona that owned one, and I got to go shoot it. It overheats really fast. You should like,
0: see—you should see the smile on the reverence face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It was like it's such a good memory. Like it was to me. It was the first time I shot a gun, and I went, "Okay, this one operates really cool." And then taking it apart and seeing the inside because he went to go clean it. Um, And showing me, like, how that pin system... Like, I even thought about, like, trying to see if I could find, like, a patent schematic. Like, how it has everything blown out. Mm. Because I think those are cool to frame as house decorations. But then I didn't want people coming into my home and seeing, like, a gun schematic, (laughs) like, on my wall. But I just... I always thought that was a really neat, like, nerdy thing about the P7M8. But, yeah, like, there's other reasons to own it. And, again, it goes into the people who are making these pro-gun reform and gun control arguments aren't saying we should ban everything. Most of them don't even seem to support like the assault rifle bans. Most of them support what I would call common sense gun control, which I know Team Red side has all but demonized that term, um, where it is more about background checks the things that we've talked about at nauseam i'm not going to go through the list again because i feel like we've mentioned them a few times like things that would make sense to help reduce these numbers that's not we'll just ban them you know or like my favorite is some people's like we should just do what australia did and get rid of all i was like yeah but that's a different culture like just because it worked there actually doesn't mean it would work the same here at best we could try it in some of the states At best. And even then, you'd need to do a cluster of states and look at the demographic of the most centralized state where they didn't go out of state to go get a gun where they could, right? Like something that you had mentioned, like when you can just go across the state line and get a gun... It's not going to be very effective for somebody who's really determined, other than you can charge them, probably, like I said, the stacking thing because it shows intent.
0: Which definitely ties into our last con Oh,
1: yes. Gun control laws will not prevent criminals from obtaining guns or breaking laws. Of 62 mass shootings in the United States between 1982 and 2012, 49 of the shooters used legally obtained guns. Collectively, 143 guns were possessed by the killers, with about 75% obtained legally. I don't get how this is a con. (laughs) A Secret Service analysis found that of the 24 mass shootings in 2019, at least 10, 42% involved illegally possessed guns. So just under half. John R. Law, Jr., Ph.D., gun rights activist, stated, quote, "...the problem with such gun control laws is that they take away guns from law-abiding citizens while would-be criminals ignore them." According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics' May 2013 report, 37.4% of state prison inmates who, quote, "...used, carried, or possessed a firearm when they committed the crime for which they were serving a prison sentence for obtained the gun from a family member or friend." Despite Chicago's ban on gun shops, shooting ranges, assault weapons, and high-capacity magazines, in 2014 Chicago had 2,089 shooting victims, including at least 390 murders. Approximately 50,000 guns were recovered by police in Chicago between 2001 and March 2012, Guns came from all 50 states, and more than half came from outside of Illinois. So the other, so again, I want to point out that this guy is talking about like kind of the banning laws, which, at nauseum, I'll say that's not what I'm supporting.
0: It's just that the Team Red side has worked it through their propaganda to their believers that. Any type of gun control law is a law to take the gun away from you. Right. That is not the case, and that is not reasonable in any way, shape, or form. If that was something that was put out by Democrats, I would be against it myself. Yes. Now,
1: should those family members have a repercussion for giving a gun to somebody who shouldn't have it? Absolutely.
0: it's it's It would be the same thing like um, uh, like bartenders are legally yeah. liable if they give somebody too many drinks and then that person goes out and exactly. kills somebody.
1: Same thing. And the same goes to if you have somebody in your life and you have not secured that gun to completely take away the possibility of them getting it, that is in essence on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, I mean, that's... Yeah. So I understand why some of these laws would be necessary. Unfortunately, laws aren't really made to prevent. Laws are made to punish, right? And to help deter the behavior. So, uh, yeah, just because some criminals get them from another state or get them from a family member or somehow however they accrue them through a friend doesn't mean we shouldn't make laws around that to help at least deter that family member or friend from knowingly giving a gun to somebody who absolutely should not fucking have it.
0: Yeah. So, I yeah. <laughs> ag- I agree with that. And, you know, we definitely have a lot more that we are going to be discussing over over the next couple of weeks here. But for now, I think uh, we will wrap it up, especially because you have an important appointment coming up here.
1: Yes, I've got to actually... I also need to walk over and, and get the gym pass for the gym like because they updated that and I need to get that because uh-huh. it's been too freaking cold To go on walks and I need steps and exercise for this baby that I'm growing.
0: Yes. Yes. And me, I need sleep for work tonight. So there is that. So I say let's wrap it up here. Um, We thank you all for listening. Did you have anything you wanted to say to our wonderful audience?
1: Oh, no, not today. Other than, you know, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to try to lead it with another article. So it's not all just the pro and con from ProCon.org. But there's plenty to talk about and dissect and discuss here please do feel free to leave us a voicemail, especially if you do have opinions or strong feelings on it. Um, We would be happy to play it at the front of our show as long as it's appropriate, like maybe don't go and swing and cussing us out. If we said something to offend, please do feel free to address anything we've said. If you do have a response to it.
0: Indeed. We definitely want to hear from you. We'll also put it out there to our folks on Instagram and our Facebook group, uh, as well. And if you do have any sort of comments, we will go out of our way to make you podcast famous. And I know next week you actually have some responses from other people, not relating to our current topic, but, um, some other responses that, uh, I know you've talked about in the past about reading on air in terms of like New Year's resolutions and stuff oh, yes, like that. Oh, yes,
1: yes. We should probably try to whip some of those in if we've got yeah.
0: them. <laughs> We're going to make you famous, folks. But we thank you all for listening to episode 289. My goodness. Um, keep on listening to us each Saturday. We'll have something in this podcast space to entertain your ear holes. Until we meet again, we bid you adieu.
1: Have a good week, nerddom.
0: I'll be your Huckleberry. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.